always just get this like really like and you're like anyway always gotta like take it like swallow my spit before <laughs> tipping liverpool to stay up this year <laughs> thanks for explaining how the premier league works then enjoy that now no uh, <laughs> Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Football Times podcast, and I've already got the giggles after about five seconds uh, with myself, RadioTimes.com's sport editor, Michael Potts. I think that's all in the right order. And joining me in the studio once again is Mr. Jake Wilson of BBC Match of the Day magazine. How are you doing, Mr. Wilson? I'm good. It's glad that you're laughing to start. It's better than crying um, and it can, you know, flip flap between the two in lockdown. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty binary choice at the minute. If you're not laughing, you're crying. Mm. If you're not crying, you're laughing. So um, <laughs> I'll let you decide which you know what the balance is. But um, yes, we are still in lockdown, but the end is near, my friend. The end is near. Um, let's go for a coffee sometime. I'm going to ask... Oh, am I asking Jake Wilson out for a coffee on a date? Is this a date? But um, no, let's, let's catch up <laughs> I'll sometime. I'll take it, Michael. I'll have, I'll, have a, I'll have a hot chocolate. I'm not much of a co- coffee man. I'm a, I'm a sweet tooth. Rather than anything um, more savoury. So, um, yeah, I'll have a hot chocolate with you, mate. Yeah, I'm not interested anymore. Um, <laughs> on that <laughs> horrendous note, <laughs> let's move straight into this, shall we? Uh, we're going to be bringing you some of the biggest Premier League games on TV this weekend. We've got some absolute peaches coming up. Um, and also, we're going to be looking at Fantasy Premier League after a, what must go down as the worst ever week in my fantasy Premier League career. More on that to come. Uh, it was really bad. And uh, what else have we got? And we're going to be looking at some teams with injury problems. Obviously, injuries are hot in the news at the moment. Uh, a lot of teams with a lot of injuries, a lot of problems. Uh, we're going to be looking at some of the key injuries um, and how that has affected different teams across the league. Um so starting with a few games uh, coming up this weekend, all on Sunday, all on Sunday, it's a big Sunday, and we're starting with a relegation battle uh, between West Bromwich Albion and Newcastle United. That's 12 o'clock kickoff, and it's on Amazon Prime Video. Um, wow, where to start? I'm going to start with Newcastle. Um, we're going to chat about Newcastle mainly, I think, here, because obviously, I don't know if you've seen, but there's been uh, reports from Craig Hope in the Daily Mail uh, that Matt Ritchie has uh, had a bit of a falling out with Mr. Steve Bruce. Uh, it's just going bad from wor- bad to worse for, for Bruce in charge. Uh, apparently, Ritchie was furious after being blamed for not passing on team instructions promptly, uh, resulting in a goal for Wolves last week. Uh, Ritchie branded Bruce a coward, uh, allegedly. Bruce allegedly shoulder-barged into the winger uh, at, at the training ground. It just sounds like a bit of a mess, really, doesn't it? It does. And this is symptomatic of a team that um, isn't playing super well, isn't winning games, you know, is, is missing players. Um, and uh, Richie's come out and apologised um, for the situation. And it was a funny one because um, he was meant to pass on instructions for Jacob Murphy to come to right back. Um, he passed on some to Hayden, it seemed, and, and Willock. But it, the message didn't get to Murphy um, after he came on, the ball never went out of play, cycled round, Wolves got it, never scored the equaliser, they draw 1-1, they're still in relegation trouble. If that goal hadn't gone in, if Neves would have missed the header, if Dubravka had, would have had a stronger palm to it, because he did get, get touched at Neves' um, header, um, would we have had this argument? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, winning win breeds good feeling, doesn't it? Um, and letting two points slip, as, as they'll feel that they did against... Wolves 
moves um, only breeds more discontent, um, especially with the injuries they've got and they're piling up. Um, it is it is all going against Newcastle a little. It felt like a bit of a weird um, a weird battle to pick, I think, from Bruce. And not, not that he made a, an enormous deal of it, but it just seems like quite a strange... It was a strange little playing game the other day. Because I mean, a one-on draw with Wolves, yeah, maybe it was points dropped, but it's not like it's not catastrophic. And it just seemed like a bit of a weird, a weird hill to die on, so to speak. Um, you're already under so much pressure, and again, this report in the Daily Mail, um, going by what that says, the reports the report suggests the players are pretty much all against Bruce now. Um, there's a, there's a quote saying that they're openly laughing in WhatsApp groups. I mean, it, it sounds like such a political mess behind the scenes um, again you've got to take a lot of this report with a pinch of salt um, because obviously there was it, was it was funny that an unnamed source like a leak uh, leaking info to the press about a search for a leak to the press um, so there's a bit of there's a bit of irony in there um, but but all is not well there and it just felt like a bit of a weird if that is the state of play in the dressing room it felt a bit weird because I think there was sort of like four players that came out and, and they were all kind of blamed a little bit. Um, I just think that's a weird game to play with a, with a group of players who who just, their only chance this season is to stay united and to um, to actually battle, pull together and, and survive as a team rather than sort of individuals. It just seemed like a weird, a really weird week. It certainly did. Um, I think you, you're right about the unity thing. That's what keeps teams up, is them all fighting and pulling in the same direction. Um, and I don't think it, we ever really felt convinced that the team was going to do that behind Bruce. Um, we've seen all season really kind of discontent at the tactics and, and how things have been played. No trigger was pulled um, to, to, you know, change manager. Um, and maybe um, that will work out well. And I hope, hope it does for Bruce because he's a very good manager and he probably deserves more respect than he gets from the media and potentially his own players. Um, but <laughs> you can have brilliant players in teams that don't play brilliantly because the team doesn't fit them. Um, and, and this may be a case of manager and, and club um, going in slightly different paces in slightly different directions. Um, it doesn't feel like a great fit, Bruce and, and Newcastle, at the minute. The players don't seem to um, rally behind him in the way that um, Newcastle players have in, in the past for other managers. There is too much talk online about other managers coming in. You know, shouts about Eddie Howe with the amount of ex-Bournemouth players now at um, Newcastle. It's sad, um, really, to see that. You don't want that for your club. Um, But Newcastle fans are surely going to be very used to um, turbulent times at their club. Um, I'm sure they'd like everything to calm down a little, playing some some decent football, you know, pushing towards the top 10. I'm sure that's um, their next ask. Absolutely. It just feels that like there's all. I mean, this goes beyond Bruce, doesn't it? Newcastle haven't been a haven't been in a good state for a while now. Um, you just feel like Bruce hasn't really helped the situation, though, has he? I mean, like he's had bad luck. There's been a bit of bad luck, and I, and I feel like when he came in after Rafa, there was it was always an uphill battle, and he. Um, yeah, I don't think he was afforded maybe the patience at the very start. But saying that, I I don't want to take away from the fact that Bruce. I don't think he's done a good job at all with Newcastle. Um, obviously, they're sitting there down in 17th. They're three points ahead of Fulham now. Um, the momentum is kind of against them. They've Obviously, Newcastle, they haven't won in three. A couple of losses in there. 
Uh, and the momentum is actually starting to shift towards Fulham. Uh, we'll not dwell on Fulham too long because obviously <laughs> we're not talking about them. But Fulham lost one in eight. They're unbeaten in five. A couple of wins in that as well. Um, I mean, they've got a tougher run, but they're unified, aren't they, behind Scott Parker, who I've been very impressed with. And you just feel, obviously Brighton down there as well, joint with Newcastle on points. You just feel like between those three, could be seeing a few fireworks before the end of the season. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about West Brom, Newcastle here. What a massive game this is for Steve Bruce's career, let alone let alone Newcastle's future, for, for Steve Bruce's career here. Um, obviously, if West Brom win, uh, they can go... I mean, we're, we're speaking before they play Everton tonight. Um, as things stand right now, for example, say if West Brom do lose to Everton, um, but they beat Newcastle, they could be six points behind Newcastle by the end of the weekend. West Brom, <laughs> that's that's forgetting Fulham, who are actually in, in decent nick at the moment. Um, so, so things are slowly starting to catch up to Newcastle and they really, really need a result, result in this one. They certainly do. Um, the, the relegation battle is... So interesting. Um, I think we'll come on to that later in the show as well. Um, there's, so, there's so many teams that could easily get pulled down into there. Um, Fulham, upward trajectory. You love to see it. Um, you know, you want a battle down there. Um, I'm, just, I, I'm sure we'll come up to them later at some point. But Southampton, they've got to be looking over their shoulder. And that is the wildest thing that, for me to be saying. But, um, you know, they're only uh, four points off. Uh, Newcastle and their form is horrendous mm. but yes it is momentum this time of year um, and Newcastle could have got some against Wolves um, they didn't obviously that pressure is is weighing um, and West Brom um, did a big win uh, for West Brom against uh, Brighton it <laughs> was the weirdest match ever um, <laughs> it was a, a shambles to be frank um, but the end score was 1-0 Carl Bartley's header was the difference um, I don't know how Brighton um, miss as many chances as they do, um, but that's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, West Brom, um, they could finish bottom or um, there is a situation where they could stay up. It's, it's quite nice to see. Sheffield United are only three points behind them now um, after their win against Villa uh, midweek. Um, but West Brom's goal difference, minus 35. <laughs> oh, it's not great, is it? It's not great. <laughs> That's the killer. It has been all season. We spoke about it recently um, before Sam came in. They just were conceding far too many goals um, mm. and they, they couldn't score enough to, to you know, counteract that. Mm. Um, but that has that has righted itself a little. I think they, they're in a much better position. Um, you know, haven't lost in the last three, um, which is nice. But they've got, a, you know, a great escape level um, needed from them to have any chance, really. I mean, they've won three games this season, all season. That's the fewest in the league, uh, fewer than Sheffield United even. Um, and you would think out of what, the next 12 games or their the final 12 games, got to win another... I, mean, I, don't even, I don't even know how many you've got to win out of that, but you've got to pretty much double your amount of wins for the season in the last 12 games. Um, to be fair, though, could be done. I mean, what what is done is done. Um, the Billich days are over. Uh, the the Big Sam days are here, um, and and there is an improvement. So who knows what's going to happen with that one? Uh, but an absolutely enormous game at the Hawthorns this weekend. Um, obviously, Newcastle going into this with with lots of injuries as well. We'll we'll come to the injury situation later because uh, I think they have been. Absolutely, I mean, they're decimated, decimated with injury problems at the moment. Um, they're without Callum Wilson, uh, Miguel Almiron, and uh, and Alan Saint Maximan. Um, so, 
wow, going into this crucial game. What are your thoughts? What's your prediction? It's it's hard to hard to know again. This one, uh, West Brom are going to have less rest. Uh, play at, at Everton um, tonight as we're recording this, so that's not going to help. Um, and they're going to want to they're going to want to be tight at the back. They're going to want to make this hard for for Newcastle. Newcastle aren't exactly going to have the most penetration um, that they can, you know, with those three forwards missing. Mm. Um, so I think this one is going to be a tight affair. And wouldn't it be typical if Big Sam squeaked out another 1-0 win and kept that relegation uh, survival dream alive? Um, so, yeah, 1-0 West Brom. Mm, I, I, I might agree with you, you know. I might agree with you. I feel like Sam is going to tighten up. Um, Newcastle haven't really got a lot to, to, to fire with. Again, I'm going to come come to all of this. I've got a big old rant coming at the end of this, this podcast. So, <laughs> so stay tuned, Newcastle fans. Um, but, yeah, I... I um, I think Big Sam's going to tighten up, but he's also going to see that this is, well, they need wins. He's not just trying to grind out draws anymore. He needs wins. He said this, he needs wins. Um, I think he was saying he wanted seven points for the next, uh, out of the next available sort of nine points. Um, and I mean, what an opportunity for them to, to win a game. And I think they'll do it. I think they will. Um, I think a 1-0 win. Um, and genuinely, yeah, I don't want to, you don't want managers to be sacked. It's the oldest cliche in the book, but I don't know if Steve Bruce sees out next week, but let's see. Let's see what happens. Um, yeah, we 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 look on with eager expectation. Um, and moving on, once that game is all wrapped up and in the books, uh, whichever way it falls, we have an enormous tie at the top of the table. First three second, it's Manchester City versus Manchester United. It's a four thirty kickoff on Sky Sports Premier League main event. Now TV, the lot. Um, Manchester United, bit boring. <laughs> I don't think we'd say this about Man United this year. We, they've been, we've been so used to them being so up and down and all over the place. Just a little bit boring at the minute. Uh, three consecutive nil-nil draws in all competitions. Um, what, what do you think it is, Mister Wilson? Is it tiredness? I keep seeing tiredness coming up, and I just, I wonder sometimes whether is that a lazy? Is it lazy to say tiredness? Um, then you look and you think they have I mean I saw a stat saying they've played every midweek since the last international break so months um, has it all just caught up with them or is there more to most of this than meets the eye I think um, I think tiredness definitely is playing a part they're, they're playing against low blocks quite often and they did against Palace um, you know that 4-4-1-1 sort of situation where they just have uh, to, to try and break through so many defenders um, and they're, they're not doing it um, you know Bruno's not really been on it um, uh, Daniel James had a big chance against uh, Palace which he put over the bar Palace all pretty much had the better chances in that game mm. I think Man United are just labouring here the, their invention's gone a little bit you know, the sort of players they've got, Rashford likes space that he can kind of run into and, and counter onto and teams aren't affording them that so much. Um, and then when it comes to the big teams, um, United are the ones that are pretty happy to, to lay back and, and soak up that pressure. Um, like you said, six nil-nil draws in the Premier League this season is, is massive. And f- talking about them facing Manchester City, who I'm sure we'll come on to, could not be more different in their form. First v second, you'd think is a big juicy, both teams on great form. It's very different this time round. Mm. Um, yeah, Man United um, are not great when it comes to um, the, the the big six. Um, Everton have a better record. Wolves have a better record. Villa have a better record this season versus the big six. Um, yeah, 
it's it's going to be a tough one. Um, Man U have only scored one against the big six this season, and that was in a 6-1 defeat to Spurs. Um, loads of nil-nils in there uh, and losing at home to Arsenal as well. Um, I think I think things are getting to them. Um, the, the, the form is so against them. Um, they're 14 points behind City, and they've only won two of their last, I think, nine games. And one of those was um, the 9-0 Southampton, where they were kind of handed the the... the um, incentive to go on an attack um, it's a funny season and, and things are, are hard to pin down as we spoke to tiredness is definitely um, a part of it um, but it is for so many clubs mm. playing this regularly is what um, every team's got to deal with they've got a bigger squad than so many of those clubs um, with better form um, I'm, I'm going to talk about Wolves for one second, Michael, to bear with. Oh, <laughs> Wolves, wow. are third on, Wolves are third on the form table and we've got about 18 players in our squad. Um, and yeah, we are finding a way to to grind out results and, and win games. United aren't doing that at the moment. They are, they are labouring. And <laughs> if there's one team you don't want to labour against, it is City. It's a long old day if you're labouring against Manchester City. Chasing, chasing, chasing and never coming close. Um, yeah, United, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, Fernandez, he's pretty much... I mean, he must be on the longest run of form of any player in any league anywhere. I mean, he is just like... It, there, he has not been... He's not had a bad spell at United yet. And the fact that, I think, what is it, two games without a goal or assist? That's his record. I don't think he's actually gone three games for Manchester United without providing a goal or assist. Uh, this game against City is would be the third if he if he sort of blanks. Um, I mean, it's phenomenal from him, and nobody can take anything away from him, blame him, or anything like that. Uh, but you do just think there's there's got to be a bit of a. I just think there's a bit of a lack of responsibility at United. I, I, I wonder who who is that player who's stepping up and thinking, you know what, Bruno, good lad, good lad, tremendous player, but we need to be raising our game to his level. I mean, not many people can do that, but who are those players who are sort of stepping up and thinking, you know what, I'm going to be the provider or the, you know, grab games by the scruff of the neck. That's my favourite saying. Just who's going to go out on that pitch and raise their game and, and inspire others around them to raise their game too. See, Fernandez, he looks so frustrated the last couple of times I've watched him. He's been shouting at everybody and getting a bit... I don't know, a bit edgy. It's been a tabloid field day. All these bust-ups and whatever that are going on. They're not bust-ups. He's just wanting better for Manchester United. And and surely, you know, everybody... It, it, he's got a little bit of, like, the Keane-esque winner mentality in there. Um, I, I, I think he hates losing. And I just... I hope there are other players in that Man United team who, who buy into that and actually, you know, don't just see Fernandez as, you know, being a bit of a whiner or anything like that and actually sort of raise their game too. Um... So I don't want to criticise too much with with younger players, but um, but Rashford and Greenwood, um, I need to see a little bit more from them. Um, I, I know Rashford's a little bit older, and he, he's had a great season, to be fair, Rashford. So again, I don't want to criticise too much, but but Greenwood, he um, he's only scored once since the start of December. Um, he's obviously a very very young man and can't be relied on in every game uh, to to drag Man United forward, but. Yeah, I think his decision making maybe lacks a little bit of finesse at the end. I'd like to see him up front. I mean, doesn't maybe doesn't suit a, a one one striker system, um, but I'd like to see him sort of just in the box rather than you know, being drifting out wide and having to fight four or five players to get into the box. Um, 
I don't know. I, I I'm just waiting for one of these players to step up and go. You know what? This is not all on Bruno, and 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 I I'm going to win this game for us and not rely on a moment of magic from from Fernandez, basically. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there is a bit of a nice problem there. Sometimes you, you see from Man United, maybe it kind of emanates from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because he does some come across as such a decent bloke. Yeah. Um, but decent blokes don't always win the title. You know, Jose Mourinho at Chelsea, maybe Antonio Conte. They're I mean, not so just, kind I've of... Won, I've never won the title, so, you know. And you, and you, I can I can attest, you are a decent bloke, Michael. So, um, so there we go. Uh, maybe the copy <laughs> put that on your TV. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think, that, I think there is a bit of that niceness in United. Um, they've got Cavani now, who, who's, who's ruthless, um, but we do need to see that ruthless streak um, throughout the whole team. It, you know they've obviously got very talented players, but um, dying for the cause, doing that little bit of niggling, dirty stuff, it isn't something that you um, associate with this United side. And maybe they need a little bit more of that. Hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. On the plus side, before we before we wrap up this and get your predictions, I think like we have to credit the the fact that they are second still in the table. Um, there has been progress this season. They are a better team than last season. They've only lost four games this season out of 27 so far. Um, there are positive signs. And defensively, Luke Shaw, massively impressed with Luke Shaw still. Uh, I mean, he could even be England's starting left-back at the World Cup. World Cup? Euros. Uh, maybe the World Cup after that if he sticks around. But you'd think Shaw has a very strong chance now with Chilwell sort of being benched. Um, by Chelsea, Wambasaka playing very well at right back. So there are there are positive signs at the back for United. Uh, they've got kept a few clean sheets recently, um, but they're going to need to keep a clean sheet in this one because you can't really see them scoring past Manchester City. Uh, how do you see this one going? What's your score prediction? Manchester City have the best record against the Big Six this season. <laughs> they are 21 and naught, which is the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak. Man City could beat the Undertaker's streak in the Manchester derby on Sunday afternoon. Wow. City could do what the Undertaker could not do. And of course, they're going to go and do it, aren't they? Um, it's so hard to see past Man City. Watch the Wolves game. Um, the other night and we got one back one shot on target we had all game Connor Cody scoring with his first shot on target in the Premier League and then City got angry okay. <laughs> stopped <laughs> passing it so much um, and just it's so hard to defend against 10,000 attacks a game it really is death by a thousand tiny cuts yeah um, and uh, yeah City it's so hard to see them not winning mm. every game now United have had a couple of decent results, haven't they, against City in recent years? Not bad results, a couple of one nil wins here and there in, in cup competitions, what have you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just fruitless. It's completely fruitless predicting anything other than a Manchester City win against any team in the world right now. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with a. I think it'll be fairly tight. Like I said, I think United look a bit better in, at the back, uh, but I'm going to see a. A one or two nil City win. I think they should get the job done and extend their lead at the top. Um, and moving on, just very quickly, uh, we're going to look at Tottenham v Crystal Palace. Uh, it's a seven fifteen kickoff on Sky Sports Premier League main event now TV. Um, that wraps up Super Super Sunday, and Gareth Bale is back. Um, we've been waiting to say that. We've been waiting to say that for a long time, and I'm sure Jose Mourinho's been waiting to say that for a long time, and I'm sure Harry Kane's been waiting to say that for a long time. But Gareth Bale is back. Um, 
scored the other day, did well, assists. He's he's back among back among all the contributions. Um, what do you think? Do you enjoy do you enjoy seeing him back? It looks a bit weird, actually. It's a bit like an alternate universe watching Bale and Kane celebrate with each other. Um, I, I don't know. It's like, how long has lockdown gone on for? <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what do you make of Bale coming back into, into all of this? Yeah, seven years away from Spurs, wasn't he? He won four Champions Leagues in that time, which is pretty decent. But he's taking his time to get going at Spurs. Um, I think it, this is... Uh, quite obvious that his confidence is back and his conditioning is back. Jose Mourinho has, has said that, you know, when you've got a fully fit Gareth Bale, you have to play a fully fit Gareth Bale. Um, and when, when he is playing like he did against Burnley, that forward line looks ridiculously deadly. Um, he, he, he played really well against Burnley. He scored that early goal that gave him the confidence. And then he played, Play with some flair. He, he still has a bit of that pace about him. He obviously not as quite as lightning fast as when he was destroying Macon in the Champions League. Um, but uh, he, he did it against Charlie Taylor. He was playing on the right. He knocked the ball around him, burned past Charlie Taylor um, and got it back. Um, he's got striker's instinct in the box. He's learned that definitely in Madrid. Um, the first goal, he, he nipped in um, and, and finished you know, easily kind of past Pope. But it was still the positioning to get there. He, he does that quite often. Um, his first goal for Spurs when he came back was a header. And that was instinct in the box and, and positioning. Um, and then his passing range. He won the, the second goal, um, Kane's for mm. against Burnley. Um, Bale picked the ball up in kind of a Hoiberg-esque CDM position. Mm. He turned out, first thought was to look forwards. Spurs' counter-attack prowess. And he fizzed a ball over the top of the Burnley bat line. Um, one of the Burnley defenders, I think it was Matt Loughton, tried to reach out a leg in the air, got nowhere near it, and Kane, pow, you don't give him a chance inside the box. It um, really is deadly. Yeah, it was it was unreal. So there was there was a lot of a lot of good signs. And then that whip shot for, for Bell second that he loves, two touches, and it was it was in the back of the net. Pope didn't even move. So yes, Bell looked brilliant. <laughs> really loved watching him against Burnley. That was a good good match to watch. Um Paul Burnley. They, they did face a uh, an on form Spurs. But um is that enough to turn Spurs into Champions League contenders? I'm um, not sure. They've still only won two of their last five. It's still very Spursy, um, you know. Defensively, they haven't been as good. Um, they can't really figure out their defensive lineup who looks best. And they've had problems at right back this season. Hugo Lloris has been under a lot of fire. Um, <laughs> their forward line could carry them through to you know a good European um, competition next year. And I think they're going to have to hope. That is the case. But uh, Bell being back, great sign for the Premier League. Absolutely. I'm still just recovering from the fact that I heard Mycon and Charlie Taylor in the same sentence. Uh, no <laughs> offence, Charlie. No offence, Charlie. But um, yeah, wow. <laughs> no, no. I, I, yeah, I... They're just weird Spurs, aren't they? Let's, let's, there's no be, they, they, they make no sense at all. Um, thoroughly enjoyed the Jamie Redknapp v. Roy Keane shenanigans at the weekend. Uh, that was just tremendous. Wow. I, yeah. uh, I, actually, I actually think I decided more with Redknapp, but it was just so funny to watch Keane on the, on the offensive because I actually, whatever Keane says, I think he genuinely, believe, sincerely believes that. I, I, I'm absolutely fine with somebody having a completely wrong opinion if that's what they totally, totally are completely convinced of. Um, 
My word, my word. But yeah, um, I think Spurs, one thing I was considering was, I just hope, because we obviously so much is made about Son and Kane, you know, being best of bros and, you know, looking like that on the pitch and, and enjoying it together. It, it's it's whether there's that room for the third musketeer because I think we've been waiting all season, haven't we? We've seen Bergwijn. I think I mentioned this last week, so I'll not dwell on it too much. But we've seen Lucas Mura. Uh, we've seen Bergwijn. Uh, now we've got Bale sort of coming into it, and and just haven't quite found that third. Well, everybody's felt like a bit of a third wheel on the on the Son and Kane date, and and I just hope that Bale doesn't kind of. It's just another. It's it's a huge dynamic. An informed bail is a big dynamic to throw into a into a team. I just hope that doesn't quite upset the Kane. So I'm not saying you know person you know personality clashes or anything, nothing like that. But just I hope that there's still that same partnership between Kane and Son, um, as well as Bale getting in there. I hope all those ingredients work together um, because I think we we maybe just see three good players and think well they're all, they're all gonna be great together. Um, I just hope they can all sort of. I don't know, combine well together rather than sort of look a bit like, you know, just a bit disjointed up front. But again, like I say, such good signs against Burnley. That ping over the top from Bill, peach. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. Um, Yeah, Spurs this weekend. What's your prediction? They're going up against Crystal Palace, obviously fresh from grinding out a a draw with with Man United. Um, What are you feeling about this one? Yeah, Palace are in decent form. Um, you know, before I just go on to the scores, I want to say they're only four points. Um, sorry, they're four points clear of Southampton. Um, so this is Southampton who printed shirts about being top of the Premier League, and now Roy Hodgson's Wilf Zaharless Crystal Palace are four points clear of them. Um, <laughs> they're they're eking out results. Um, being without Zaha is is a big struggle for them they're not creating like they like have they've lost 18 of their last 23 Premier League games without Zaha um, and that is unbeaten in their last three games all without him so um, they are finding a way to to kind of hold teams back and I think that's what they're going to be hoping for for here um, they've got a tough run in Palace so um, I think defensively is going to be uh, their their focus going forward you know keeping those clean sheets making sure these big sides don't get, um, you know, their goal difference down. But um, I think Spurs will just have too much if they are off the back of that Burnley, maybe a 2-0. Two, two um, but but Palace aren't going to make it easy for them. Mm. Yeah, I'm going with a narrow Spurs win, but um, I don't think it'll blow them away. Like you say, we're agreeing quite a lot today. I'm not used to this, know, but yeah. Nice, interesting. I'm also going to go with it. a little narrow Spurs win. Just feel like I've got too much. Uh, going forward, whether Bill, you know, I guess we wait and see whether Bill's going to be a regular now. Uh, Mourinho's done his best to to pour cold water on the fact that he could start sort of ninety minutes every game every week. Um, they obviously have a lot of fixtures to juggle. Expect him to play at the weekend though, uh, and expect Spurs to win. Um, moving on, we have fantasy Premier League. I really don't want to dwell on this too much because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just going to have to confess here, really, under. Um, brought in Harvey Barnes this week. Uh, I've totally missed his big run of form. I've been wanting to put him or Madison in for weeks now, weeks, and I just couldn't decide between the two, so I didn't put either of them in. Uh, Madison got injured. Barnes had his two sort of 25 points across two weeks. Thought, yeah, throw him in. I triple captained Harvey Barnes. 
<laughs> I've ended up with three points from a triple captain. A double game oh, week triple God. captain. Now, Chris, three points. His single point was just, what, 47 minutes or something against whoever it was, Arsenal. Oh, oh. Poor, poor Michael. You sit all season, you're like, oh, don't want to use that, don't want to use that triple captain. And then you finally use it and he gets stretched off for six weeks. Oh, what a shocker. Um, Harvey, wish you the absolute speediest recovery. Um, don't want to, you know, I'm not the real loser out of all the situation, but man, on a very, um, yeah, that, that, that wasn't a good, that wasn't a good time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but at least uh, no one else has had a particularly good time either. Um, we're recording this uh, Thursday before the, uh, the the midweek games, so you know it could all change. Um, but Bruno, you know, blanked. Uh, Calvert Lewin blanked. My triple captain, Mohamed Salah, <laughs> blanked. Um, it was. I, I went back. I would. I did, went to do the opposite. We were talking last pod, Michael. And we were, I was I was thinking, oh, let's go Calvert Lewin. I was thinking fixtures, and I was like, no, just go for the player. Go for the player you love. Go for the player that has done you right for two seasons now. And he did nothing against Sheffield United. He had chances to be, to be fair to him, and Ramsdale saved them. So it could have all changed. And then um, up against um, Chelsea, who are known for conceding no goals whatsoever. Um, so I'm sure that'll be a brilliant triple captain for me as well. But um, yeah, unless you triple captain Kane, um, who got one goal, no assists. Um, I think triple captain's been bad for everyone this week. Um, you so know somebody, there's that, there's that silver lining. You know somebody did Bill. You know somebody out there triple captain Bill. He got 19 points. Ooh, last week. You know he's done it. Yeah, anyway. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. 57 points from one game. He, he got uh, exactly. on the old uh, on the Twitters, which is very, very tidy. Very, very. Um, I'm just going to, when we're talking about um, tips for this week, I don't actually have any tips for this week, but let's be looking ahead here because I noticed uh, game week 29, game week 29 feels like a few weeks away. Um, there are only four games in game week 29. There is no City, no Liverpool, no United, Chelsea, Leicester, Everton. None of them are playing. Uh, and I've already used my free hit. So I'm going to, oh. I've got nothing to lose this week. Got nothing to lose really. Into, oh, nothing to lose this season, to be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of, I'm doing all right <laughs> in my league. I, I'm like, I'm in the top million around the world. And I'm sort of, I think I'm about a third or fourth in my group of 15. Um, so I'm doing all right. But need need some radical solutions if I'm going to pick up some points in the next few weeks. So I've decided that the next few weeks basically going to make changes entirely based on game week 29 teams, and then wild card in time for game week 30. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I'm not going to take too many points hit, uh, but the game's coming up. So if you have any of these players, basically you're going to want to keep them. So Brighton have Newcastle. I'm thinking Lewis Dunk. I think keep keep a hold of him. Uh, Villa, I see, see Jake reaches for his pen. He's scribbling down. He's taking notes. And there's in goal. Yes, I yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, Villa have Spurs. So Grealish could be back for then. Who knows? Uh, Martinez in there. Son, Kane, Bale. Keep an eye on them all. If you've got any of them, don't get rid of them. Uh, Leeds have Fulham. So you've got Bamford, Rafinha, Dallas, those sorts of players. Uh, West Ham have Arsenal. So Cresswell, Kufal, Antonio. If you have any of those players... Even if they're not particularly informed, because Bamford, I was thinking, you know, is it time to get rid? Keep them in. Keep them in. Just just don't touch them. Don't touch them. Um, leave them in there. It gives you a little, you know, bit of a decent shot in game week 29 when, you know, 12 teams aren't actually playing. Uh, so it could be a nice little, nice little time um, for you to, 
guess, make the most of other people not spotting Game Week 29. Uh, so you heard it in advance. Um, have a little, have a little look at that. Have a little play around with that. Um, see what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, and finally, we'll we'll wrap up with a bit of chat about injuries because I think we 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 keep bringing bringing up injuries. They're coming around more and more often uh, these days. Obviously, it'd be interesting to look at the end of the season to see I see a lot of stats at the end of the season: home wins, away wins, injuries, whatever. How lockdown has basically affected the season. Looking forward to all of that. That reading um, from the nerds. Uh, obviously, Liverpool are not the only team with an injury list. Apparently, um, they've lost three centre backs and Henderson. Um, but there are teams who have lost a lot of players. Um, have you got any sort of particular particular players or teams you think have been been key absences this time around, Wilson? I think there are some some standout players. Um, I think we've got to start with Liverpool because there's been a lot of talk about Liverpool's injuries and Virgil van Dijk's injury um, has derailed their season. I think it does show just how important he has been over the last two seasons, the Champions League winning season and the Premier League winning season, of how important he has been for the whole team. The influence, you know, defensively solid anyway, but the confidence he gives players further forward. So there's that one um, and Gomez too. So that's been massive. Uh, recently, um, Villa have really missed Grealish. Um, they're, they're not creating like they have. Losing to Sheffield United the other day, um, it, was, it was a bad result. As soon as they could get him back, um, they need to. <laughs> Wolves have been lost without Raul Jimenez. Um, we really did not know what to do um, when he got injured in the winter. We brought in William Jose in January and he hasn't hit the ground running. We've we figured a way to, to kind of sort through that we're playing um defensively a lot with with fast players up top but it has been a challenge and will continue to be a challenge um and then palace have lost zaha that's been massive um newcastle um i think you might come on to um it sounded like but um the big one i want to shout is southampton as going back to they were top of the premier league riding high and then they are now you know only a few points really off um being worried uh, they are they're in trouble and it's because the amount of injuries they've had so at the moment um you know Romeo has just been ruled out for the season mm. Minamino who they brought in in January because they had no forwards has then just got injured Carl Walker Peters is injured Theo Walcott's injured Ibrahima Diallo's injured um a couple of weeks previous Danny Ings was injured and we know how important he is mm. Vestergaard was injured um for a spell and he is you know their most dominant um, important centre back for, for me, so I think um, Hassel Hooten has, has has really um, had it hard. They had that wonderful high, um, and then now they just got their bench is basically just full of academy players. I think we spoke about it before. Their only senior player really that they had on the bench outfield wise was Nathan Redmond um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so so Southampton you'd think they've still got enough to stay up, but stranger things have happened and this is the strangest season of all. So who <laughs> needs to be given a break for their league position because they have had it hard. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think Danny Ings is such a big one, isn't it? I think, um, I mean, if you look, look at the spine of that Southampton team, Vestergaard, Romeo and Ings all out, obviously not at the same time. Um, but I think, when you're losing players like that, so you, you, actually, it's almost worse that it came sort of 
you know, back to back with each other. Um, for, you know, for for a while you're limping through without your key defender. Uh, for a while you're limping through without your twenty goal striker. And then for a while now, you 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 basically the rest of the season almost you're going to be playing without your sort of midfield enforcer. Um, I think they've had a lot a lot thrown at them. Um, obviously, it's not all down to that. Um, but I definitely think obviously Ings hasn't quite looked the same uh, since he was out sort of before Christmas. Um, yeah, it, it really, really hard stuff for actually for Southampton. Uh, and like you say, lots of kids on the bench. Um, not bad when it's Southampton. They've got a good production line, but obviously not quite, um, not quite ready for for the top flight. And it's it's sort of coming through. Um, yeah, I just want to mention Leicester as well in there. Obviously, they lost Harvey Barnes at the weekend. They've they've had Vardy sort of in and out of the team. Um, in fact, you know, Leicester, they've got seven injuries at the minute. Barnes, Madison, Perez, Pratt, Justin, Evans, Morgan. I, I mean, like pretty much every one of those players, Barnes, Madison, Perez, Justin, Evans, they all they are all first team players pretty much. And then you've got the likes of Pratt who would be playing. You've got the likes of Morgan who would be playing for Johnny Evans. Uh, indeed, he was playing at centre-back the other night, which is just not ideal for anybody. Um that that is a high caliber. That is pretty much one hundred percent high caliber players out for Leicester there, and and you really think? I mean, they look quite set for a Champions League place, really. Um, their form's not awful. They're not losing lots of games at the minute still. Um, they do have a bit of a cushion. They're six points ahead of Chelsea, who are fifth. Um, but yeah, you do wonder about that um, in the in the over the course of the rest of the season. Obviously, they dropped off last year, and you do just wonder um, what's going to happen with Leicester. But I've saved my rant for the end, Mister Wilson, because um, I think Newcastle those injuries. I don't think we can overstate how much danger they are in. Um, I mean, sit back, grab a pop, grab your popcorn. Here we go. Um, I think losing Callum Wilson, Wilson uh, maybe the biggest injury blow to any side. I mean, he can win games from nothing. I went, I went through, had a look at his, his goals this season. Uh, he was on a bit of a bad streak before, uh, before his injury came. He sort of had two goals, two assists in nine Premier League games um, before he got injured. But ten in twenty-one this season so far in the Premier League. This is the goals he scored. He scored the first in a 2-0 win. He scored a 96-minute equaliser. He scored two and an assist in a 3-1 win. He scored two goals in a 2-1 win. One and an assist in a 2-0 win. An equaliser in a 1-1 draw. And two in a 2-0 win. That's all of his goals. All of his goals have got points, apart from, I mean, he set them on the way on the first day. But every goal he has scored has, has earned them at least a point or two. I mean, I make it 12 points. It's, it's a bit of a crude way of looking at it. But if you take Wilson out of that team... That's twelve points potentially there that they they've earned purely by him him just doing his doing his business, and I I just think losing him up front, Dwight Gale's not showing up. Um, Joel Linton is not the prolific goal scorer uh, that Wilson can be. I think they're in such such trouble. Um, obviously, Southampton can lose Ings, but they're not going down. Leicester can lose Madison Barnes, still going for European football. Villa can lose Grealish, still in the top half. Wolves can lose Jimenez even. They're still mid-table, like you say, third in the form table now. Liverpool can lose Virgil van Dijk and they're still going for the top four. Newcastle lose Wilson, their only player to score more than four goals in the Premier League this season. Almiron is their second top with four. He's out. Then St. Maximum's third with three and he's out. (laughs) It's just absolutely mad. Um, The only other player in their squad who is fit with more than a single Premier League goal a season is Jeff Hendrick. 
that's what they're relying on to stay up here. They're three points ahead of Fulham with a lot of games to play. Their three top goal scorers are all out. Um, I'm going to stop getting too passionate about this because I don't really care. It's Newcastle. <laughs> but um, <laughs> now, but. Fair point, though. Like, crazy. Crazy. And assists as well. Wilson, top with five, then St. Maximum with three. It's Joe Linton and Fraser after that with two each. They have, they have so little going into this last 10 games. It is such a worrying time for Newcastle. I, I think their only saving grace is that Fulham have a really hard run in. Um, but again, West Brom, mad, mad things could happen in this Premier League relegation battle and injuries could have a huge say on how this all goes down. Sorry, that I'm I'm getting off my soapbox now. Please speak. <laughs> Mate, you're right, though. You're right. I think these teams with smaller squads have really struggled. Um, you know, it's, it's also kind of been like a... a um, a domino effect so the, the pandemic came in people didn't want to spend as much money because you know people not going through the turnstiles squads are slightly smaller but then you're playing a million games in a million days and everyone falls to pieces obviously because you know no one's bodies can take that sort of uh, abuse so um you know sheffield united they've basically had like no defense all season mm. they just constantly be dropping like flies Leeds haven't had their first two first choice two centre-backs until now, all season. Mm. Um, so that's why, you know, one of the reasons they've conceded so many goals. There are so many teams falling to pieces. But like you said, the one who could lose the most from that is Newcastle. Mm, absolutely. And I think I'm, I've just about calmed down now. <laughs> and breathe. Um, but yeah, I mean... Out through the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to have to, I mean, this weekend could be huge. Let's say we've got, got West Brom, Newcastle, we've already talked about it. We don't need to talk about it again. But um, a lot could change this weekend and we look forward to it. We need a bit of excitement in our lives and a relegation battle gets that blood pumping. Even if you're not involved, um, best of luck to all teams involved. Put on a show for us, boys. Put on a show for us. Um, what's coming at Match of the Day magazine this week, Mr. Wilson? Well, it is the last few days, Michael. If you haven't got your hands on a uh, You Are a Superstar baller issue, they are the last few days that it is on shelves. It will leave shelves Monday night and then you won't be able to pick your new celeb mate or your cool car or your cheeky new pet. It'll all be gone. You won't be able to read about Messi's next move. You won't be able to see some of the best beards in football. It's, I know I say it a lot, Michael, but this is a very good issue because I very much like the issues that we make. Um, and um, I'm sure young readers and young football fans everywhere will feel the same. And if not, they'll love the match attacks on the front because they're brand new and that's great. I mean, I'm taken in by the shinies. So absolutely. If, <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Um, yeah, season, thank mate, Charlie White shiny is coming. It's coming. Oh, man, if there's a Charlie White shiny. I mean, you know where I live. You know where I live. You bring that. You bring that on the date. You bring that to the coffee, and I'll buy you dinner. Um, and on that sinister, sinister note, uh, I mean that, that that's probably going to make the edit as well. Uh, on that sinister note, you can come to radiotimes.com/tv/sport, and we've got all the previews for the weekend sport coming up. We've got a bit of Premier League football. Uh, obviously, the cricket is still going on. I mean, if England haven't been bowled out during the duration of this recording, I mean, who knows? Anything's possible now with cricket. Um, we've got UFC 259 coming up. 
um, yeah, come and check out what's going on on Radio Times Sport. Uh, we've got lots of F1 coming up as well at the end of the month. Very excited for F1 coming back. Uh, we're ramping up our coverage of that, so come and join the fun. Um, I'll see you next week, Mr. Wilson, and I will speak to you all on the podcast next week. See you then. Take care.